Welcome back to This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network where we try to not rate movies. Now, there's an opinion out there that people on Twitter seem to have where they seem to think that there's an objective truth to movies, and we're here to prove them wrong by going through a series of questions and what we call a gauntlet to see if we can actually be fully objective about a film. And if we can, well, then there's a special prize involved that we talk about every episode. I'm gonna, just going to skip past this part because we have a very uh, important film, I think, for us. That's a rating. Scratch that. We have a film to talk about from a guy that we like. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, 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 and uh, Eric, who's what? What? What is this film about? What? Sorry, what is this film? And who's the guy who directed it? The Banshees of Inisherin, written and directed by Martin McDonough, and featuring the reunion of Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Martin McDonough, and Carter Burwell, the musician. So, Brendan Gleeson doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore. That's the movie. Yep. That's that's just the movie. <laughs> Set across the backdrop of an Irish civil war that took place in the early 1920s. Yeah. Well, I'm not ready for this. I don't think I don't think I even did are. my clue thing again from Knives Out and it's just, just the thing random. that you forgot. Yeah, because I I Ooh. You know what though? I'll tell you what. If I make it through this gauntlet, you know you owe me one of Martin McD- uh, Brendan Gleeson's fingers. <laughs> uh, we'll see if we can get a prop delivered for that. Uh, but let's just go ahead and just jump straight into this gauntlet. So Eric, is oh. is is the Banshees of Inisherin a good or a bad movie? can't look at this too much because it is technically cheating if i look at too many of the details but um movies are made of most of the time pictures and sounds okay Mm-hmm. many of the pictures and sounds included in this movie include green vistas sun rises sunsets mm-hmm. and many of the sounds include irish folk tunes and a lot of the pictures and sounds included in this are of content typically described by other people as beautiful. I haven't seen anyone say it's not, so I can't buzz you mm-hmm. on it. But not the. I'm not saying the movie itself. Mm-hmm. I'm saying no, no, no. You, you, you right? No, no. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I get what you're saying. It's fine. It's fine. Uh. <laughs> it's the best scene. I feel What's good the best scene it. in the movie? The best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell drinks whiskey to the point that another character comments that it's too much. Dominic. And this is the first scene in the movie that he confronts uh Colin, Brendan Gleason with anger in his Mm -hmm. voice okay in this scene he starts a joke and doesn't finish it okay Mm -hmm. the end of the movie he says i guess we're done he goes no we're never gonna be done okay 
It's friend fighting with friend. It's humor of the movie, but then calling out someone for being a pedophile and child beater. So if the movie is to be enjoyed, this scene features everything to be enjoyed. That's a real close line. If then, that was the note I took for this one. If slash then. So I set up a basis. Right. And then, if then. That seems contradictory towards one of the later questions, but okay. Let's get to the later question. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what should be cut from the movie? Okay. 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 This is that later question, by the way. Towards the end of the movie, there's a declaration made by Colin Farrell's Podrick that he is going to light a building on fire at 2 p.m., correct? Correct. So, when he is feeding his animals in sequence prior to 2 p.m., but after that day has started, and the coloration includes pinks and oranges as if it's evening, that would break my suspension of disbelief as to when it takes place. My answer to the question is if you cut the colors from that scene, you would have a reduced chance of people seeing a error in chronology. You would have a, a, a reduced chance of breaking that suspension of disbelief, right? Okay. No, of seeing an error in chronology. Is seeing an error in chronology. Okay, okay. Uh, that's You're not saying that it would. You're saying it would just reduce it. Not giving a guarantee. Who's the best actor? Okay. Uh, in the behind-the-scenes footage, Barry Keehan... Mm-hmm points to Colin Farrell having to act different from his approach to other roles to characters with the way he carries himself and the way he does things. He has the most amount of screen time. Uh And Martin McDonough spoke in the news about trying to remove the cool from his movies. So Brendan Gleeson's character is playing a character that is dour and angry and somber which he has done before other characters he has played have had those traits barry kean's character is a character that says similar things and carries himself in a way that's similar to the young one from six shooter and colin farrell from in bruges right in seven psychopaths Martin McDonough spoke to his own struggles with writing for female characters. Okay. So I submit to you, and you can shut me down on this if you want, that Colin Farrell's performance is given the most originality and is even acknowledged by his co-stars as being the most challenging to pull off challenging and most original does not equal best 
All right. And I think the next one might be it. <laughs> All right, then. Who is the worst actor? I have so many notes for so many <laughs> questions. So it would be easy for me to look at a character like the lady in the mail room and say the lady in the mail room, you know, it only has one set of notes and lines to play and therefore, you know, mm-hmm. I could go that direction. But in terms of the main, I'm going to say four to five to six. Barry Keane's okay. dad and the old woman. Mm-hmm. Those main characters... Barry Keehan is the one that is doing pretty much the same thing apart from one scene where he speaks to Colin Farrell's sister and asks genuinely, is there a chance for her to love him? So I would say that well, that will if it's not meant to have versatility, then he's playing the character just fine. Therefore, he's doing a good job playing the character. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I th- I th- so you're saying, I'm trying to say that his performance isn't something it should be, and you're trying to say that there are a lot of interpretations of what the purpose of his performance is. Right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So, other notes. Um, well, at least we're... <laughs> what is the point of this movie? Yeah. Uh, change versus resistance to change at its core was going to be in several different facts. I was going to try and get through in sixty seconds. Right. Um, Nicholas right. Cage. Uh... Everything in this movie was so grounded in trying to be uh, period accurate that if mm-hmm. you threw Nicholas Cage in. He wouldn't be Irish. So you would inherently not have the same movie. Right. Okay, so that was my answer for that. Um, what I took away from watching this movie, what I learned about filmmaking, the same line of dialogue can function many different purposes. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Um, bang, Mary kill. Okay. <laughs> You're actually going into this one? Okay, okay, go bang, ahead. Bang the Banshee. Marry Colin Farrell so that he, you know, has help, and kill uh, Barry Keegan's father. Okay, <laughs> well then. So uh, um, let's yeah. just go into let's so let's just start this off. What made you want to watch the Banshees of Inisherin? All those movies. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're in, we're, we're both fans of Martin McDonough in Bruce Wayne's like past three billboards. Uh, he's familiar. Mm-hmm. He's an outstanding writer, and. It was particularly in Bruges, the reunion, that, yeah, you know, I didn't hear about this until earlier this year. You'd think if they heard they were going to do that, you know. I think maybe they knew that that movie had grown a cult uh, following, mm-hmm. but they didn't understand how loud they could have been with it, I think. Right. Because Three Billboards was such a hit that, like, people know what movie you're talking about in general. Right. So if you say it's the guy that made Three Billboards with Colin Farrell and all that kind of stuff, it's so easy to spark someone's attention mm-hmm. so yeah oh yeah no like, like again like for me it, it's kind of the same thing where yeah like when i saw the trailer and and i saw the way that that brendan gleason and colin farrell were acting it, yeah like like I said it, it it reminded me a lot of their of, of the way they act in 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 bruges and uh once you get into the meat of this movie it's a 
It's a very different kind of relationship. Like, it almost feels like those characters later in life in an earlier time. That's the best way that I can describe that particular See, I, I cut this out of my review. <laughs> okay? Okay. You're watching In Bruges. Mm-hmm. What are the last lines of that movie? Do you remember? Oh, God, it's been a couple... I don't I remember. I really the... hoped I wouldn't die. Mm. And right. then it fades to black. Okay. Of. And then it, right. if it turned white and faded in from white, that's mm-hmm. the beginning of Banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> okay. Um, in my review, I talked about a wild thing my brain went on because of the scene um, where the donkey died. Mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. this was going to my be my what should be added to the movie. The sister should have left, in my opinion, when the donkey died. Not the other way around. Okay. I mean, the whole thing is she's afraid of wasting her life till she dies, right? Right. At that moment, there would be no reason even for Colin Farrell to stay there. So there wouldn't be this weird sense. She could push him to leave with her. Mm-hmm. And what he reads in the letter, he could say to her. Yeah. And then she could write a letter back later saying, hope you'll come home, you know, whatever. And same thing. Um, it just, it, it, I just feel like it would have been more potent that way. Because what happens the other way is stuff, like, is back to back to back. <sighs> Cut the fingers. <laughs> okay. And misery. And now she's going to leave and mm-hmm. misery. And then dead donkey. Right. Misery. Right. No, like this, this movie focuses on the dangers of stagnation and what it can bring. It just, uh, ex- it, which I, I said this in, in a tweet, like right, right, right after I, I saw the movie, like the, the backdrop of the civil war is a perfect metaphor for the relationship between Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell's character. Uh, then like, 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 like I said, Barry Keegan's character as is, is a, I think is a pretty good metaphor for the town of it for, for the Island of Inishirin itself, where it's, it's a guy refusing to change. And once he finds out that he has to change to actually do something, uh, we don't know what happens. He just ends up in the river dead, uh, which is what Inishirin is on the verge of becoming an isolated town on the verge of death. Well, the Island is death, I think hand in hand, the Island and death. Mm-hmm. If you stay, you will just be waiting to die. If you leave, yes. you have a chance at a life. But I disagree with you heavily that the movie is a warning against stagnation. I think if it was simple enough to say that one side of the coin was dangerous and should be like avoided, mm-hmm. like, oh, death if you stagnate is like a bad thing. I think it would be simpler and you wouldn't need this movie to explore that sort of thing. I think that this movie is about um, how I I think it can be argued that Colin Farrell's character represents peace and appreciation for what you have. Okay. I think Colin Farrell is going to die on that island. And if his friend hadn't done what he did, he would have died happy. Can you say for sure you're going to die happy? Uh, at this and in this point, no. In time, anyone, like, the viewers too. I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm 
No, but I'm sure. But so, Podrick I'm sure someone up mm-hmm. could have. Right. Oh. And, and that to me is the the huge thing is I I a hundred percent agree with you when it comes to the Civil War being a good backdrop to this because I think very early on Colin Farrow looks out and he says to anyone, like good luck to you whatever you're fighting for. Right. So he's speaking to both people. He just wants mm-hmm. happiness for everyone. And right. he doesn't understand the idea that one's happiness is at odds with another person's. And the mm-hmm. polar opposite, you have Martin uh, Brendan Gleeson, who is the opposite side of the coin, where it's it's ludicrous the extreme that he's going to. Right. You know, he, he could so easily tell Podrick, hey, I need to set aside a chunk of time for me. So how about I set work hours where I'm doing this <laughs> and then we can hang out. Right. So it's, 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 it's a balance between, between living in, in the moment and preparing for the future or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean like no, they, none of them have kids. None of them have like big jobs. Like they have work they have to do, but it seems mm-hmm. fairly simple to tend to what they have. Right. You know, and so if you have everything you need, I think that's the whole reason they're bored. And I mm-hmm. think that is the big commentary where the Civil War kind of comes in. Mm-hmm. You have people who can either accept what they have or want something they don't have. Mm-hmm. And the people who want something they don't have are going to disturb and unsettle the people who are happy with what they have. And mm-hmm. eventually, they're either going to steamroll them and get what they want, mm-hmm. or these people are going to stand up and fight back. Yeah. With which... one, you just have conquest. With the other, you have war. Okay. And that's how this ends. This opens with Colin Farrell not understanding even the idea of a civil war. And it right. ends with him essentially starting one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, like, like uh, his character is, is one of... The... I don't even know how how to describe it. Like I I get his motivations fully. I get why I get the need to want to leave something behind to be remembered by, so he's not just a random nobody. Uh, but the way he's going about trying to get that is uh, at odds with what he wants to do by cutting off his fingers. Now he can't play. He can't really write the music that he wants to preserve anymore. Uh, he gets one song written down before he chops off the rest of his fingers, and that's it. And uh, yeah, he's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> so, straight up like the idea of like i will harm myself and i make it your responsibility that i can no longer do what i love like yeah that is a if you know anyone in your life who does something like that here's your red flag that tells you to get them out of your life mm. um because you can't help a person like that they that's yeah Ooh. okay <laughs> but oh uh, yeah like uh but this movie is, is so downbeat and so uh i want to say uh it's beautiful contemplative i think is the word that comes to my mind the most uh it's full of lush green scenery it's it's a very calm atmosphere and immense and and amidst that 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 calmness you have this uh this uh tension coming from one side and them not adequately describing why that tension is there (laughs) it's just it's just well it's, it's, it's just like the, I don't like just, anymore. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. like they, they, they lay this, this sort of narrative that he's been mm-hmm. dealing with the despair. Right. And this led him to resent, I think, Colin Farrell for being so happy. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, I and need to then, cut you out of my life in order to fully embrace and go where I need to go kind of thing. Yeah. And then throughout the movie, Brendan Gleeson is just constantly dragging him down to a point where at the end of the movie, he's just at Brendan Gleeson's level. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's, t- which at times, like at, there are moments in the film where you get glimpses of the old friendship and those times add on to just add on more weight to those moments where it's just pulled away from you and it, it makes it hurt all the more. I think this movie, uh, Carrie Condon, who I did not talk about in my first review, I'm going to review it a second time when it comes out. Gee, uh-huh. I wonder when it's going to come out on Blu-ray. St. Patrick's um shaban twice gets like has the exact same interaction again with the sociopath um Mm -hmm. colin who where she calls him out for what he's doing and how it's not okay and he accepts you're right it's not okay but Mm -hmm. don't you agree with me (laughs) and i think she best represents the rest of the world. Yeah. Like you're saying, uh, if Barry Keen represents the island, yes. she represents the rest of the world, who is Barry mm-hmm. Keen in love with who will never embrace him? Right, the one that leaves. Just that, I feel like people people looking at Colin Farrell, it's like, at, at um, Brendan Gleeson, there are so many people who are living their lives trying to do something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, it's like, shouldn't you just... Okay, one-fourth of the world's population has everything. Yes. Okay, one in four human beings on this earth even has a chance in in hell of sitting in a theater and watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... Really? Shouldn't people just be happy with what they have? But if you are... Do things stagnate and gradually just die out and then no one has anything. Like, Mm -hmm. it is so intentionally in limbo with these things by, mm -hmm. by, again, putting things in high contrast. (laughs) The movie itself is is in stagnation with its message. Yeah. That's exactly, I think, what's so effective about it is. And the idea that, like, I feel like this is the origin of Star Wars. (laughs) <laughs> the evil empire right the ev- but the evil empire is um uh colin farrell right and if this is the secret is that brendan gleason struck first <laughs> you know with art and creativity and imagination right. and all these things like they became the mystical forces but right, right. you know it's so it's so funny that's like that's mm-hmm. like if you found out that was the backstory, like the ending of Lost or whatever. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, like you, you, you brought up before we started filming, like re- sorry, not film, re- recording this. How, how you said uh, Martin McDonough said he he wanted to take the cool out out of his film with this, and and that uh, this is his idea of of uh, what what Artur filmmaking. Where I would argue, <laughs> no, I was saying, I was saying. 
he wanted to take the cool out of his movies in the sense that, mm. you know, like in Bruges is about like hitmen and they're like, you know, uh-huh. if you look at like the trailer for in Bruges, it doesn't match the tone of the movie at all. And <laughs> seven psychopaths right. is just like about a bunch of cool people shooting flare guns and stuff. And like, he wanted to take that, uh, that element out and have it be about just like people and like reality and whatnot. That's Which separate. you get in three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That's separate from my comment that this movie, oh, my uh-huh. flaws, my what I don't like about it, mm-hmm. is just him hammering staples of of his writing and style that are in other movies mm-hmm. over and over again to the point that it's like, it feels like a completely original package, completely hollowed out and filled up with the same chocolate. Like... <laughs> It's it's definitely a unique original thing, okay? But the oh, characters yeah. repeating themselves and bouncing off of one another's dialogue, that is Seven Psychopaths. The idea mm-hmm. of everyone representing, you know, something, that is that is all of his movies. Uh, the idea of characters being driven by ideology. I mean, there's so much. Tonally, this could, mm-hmm. v- you could so easily watch In Bruges in this back-to-back and it just feel yeah. like you're watching a longer version of a movie that feels exactly the same all the way through. Right. Like, right. And that's, that's, there, there's a thing that I, that, that like, through watching all three of, all four of his, and um, through all four of his movies now, uh, like, there, there, there's a certain sense of, of melancholy throughout all four of the films. Like, uh, even with Seven Psychopaths, which is arg- which which is arguably the, the most upbeat and cheery and fun, is just about a bunch of people wallowing in despair. You have a yeah you have just a writer watching your film. Yeah oh, yeah you have that. I didn't you, see you, my yeah. number up there. And then but yeah. then when he says I'll come by Tuesday, he's like, that's good. I'm not doing anything Tuesday. It's like mm-hmm. you sound like you've been through some stuff. I'll leave you alone now. <laughs> right. But yeah, you have Colin Farrell who's playing a screenwriter who was who's having writer's block. You have uh uh, uh Chris Christoph Walkins. Christopher who Walken. is Yeah, that's right. Christoph uh, sorry, Waltz Christopher... and Christopher Walken as one person. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Uh yeah. but you know, uh, Chris but uh Christopher Walkins plays the the Amish guy uh who just watched his wife die in bed so he's at this point like what his, his his wife died in the hospital so he's at this point in life where he just doesn't care anymore and that's how he plays the character it's fun and it's cheeky but it's 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 misery all throughout mm-hmm. and in and, that one uh sam rockwell plays the character that was played by colin farrell and in bruges and the kid in six right. shooter and barry keen in this and that's and exactly. and then of course and then and then three billboards is nothing but straight up misery and depression and vengeance. Just great. To a point. Which to is just point. great. Which yeah. <laughs> it's nothing but misery, depression, and vengeance. It's great. Like, yeah, that's good. Um yeah. The 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 reason three bull- billboards I love three billboards is partially because of all of his movies, they feel like plays. I feel like you can Right tell you can sort of see which sets would be fully built and moved around on a stage Mm -hmm. and they they flow like that like in this you imagine a stage where stage left which means to you and the audience is left you have Mm -hmm. uh brendan gleason's house okay right and then a walkway up to an elevated bar and then down to stage right you have colin farrell's farm 
Mm-hmm. And then you would have a walkway down to a lakeside area, but then a bulk of it would be the shore. The mm-hmm. whole movie takes place in just those locations. Yes, it's very constrained. On 4K. Uh, mm-hmm. And I am so curious to watch that after going through a couple things with family and after watching this now. Mm-hmm. I'm going right. to flash back and watch that. And um, <laughs> that I'm excited about. I love this movie. It's gorgeous. It is. You could watch it on mute and there'd be some shocking images, but it would be so pretty. Just to have yeah. background images on. Ugh. Yeah, no, like, this is one of those films like where I, I think this is what, what you're getting at. You could turn off the sound and you'll still get the story. The sound is no, required. The sound would make you depressed. I'm saying, <laughs> in order to just see beautiful things, just turn the I, sound I, off. I, mean, and I think the imagery would get you depressed, too. I mean, that, that, well, that donkey... The, de- the, like, that part, okay? No, and just watch I, it for the pretty I wouldn't recommend see- it. I said this at the end of my thing, and, and mm-hmm. uh, what I meant to say instead of with all my heart was probably, um, unironically, I mean enjoy this movie. People, when you go see it, enjoy it. Because it's... It's not often you get something that acknowledges that the world needs to shut the hell up once in a while. Mm-hmm. And this is what this felt like that to me. And that is why I would go. I'm going to rewatch it time and again. Yeah, uh, I, I I just the more like, I, 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 I like move. I like movies of all types, but for some reason, I don't know why I like movies that that focus on on meditating on misery and loss and, and that kind of thing. Like one of my favorite movies from last year was Pig, uh, sorry Nicolas Cage. Which if 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 you've seen Mike and Jay talk about Pig, they Jay describes it as a meditation on grieving and loss, which is I think a very a very accurate description of that film. And it, it's it's depressing to watch, but it's so but it's it's so it's it's weird to say something that is depressing is is entertaining, but it is. But yeah, I I I throw like that in like like that kind of thing into this where I, I i watch it for the meditation purpose for the grieving for like just a bunch of things the visuals the writing there's a bunch of reasons why i would come back and watch this mm-hmm. yeah yeah thank you for what for for watching another episode of this film not rated again we are a branch of the music city drive-in podcast network the network is awesome and you'll find something you'll enjoy and i'm eric <laughs> and i'm curtis you can find me on Twitter at 90sGamer407 and on Twitch. Ending quote joke. <laughs>